Hellodies, welcome back for another episode of Hello UX. Hello UX is a user-focused podcast aimed to help those pivoting into UX design. We're here to empower designers and help those transitioning into the UX field by providing education, resources, and a platform to talk about their experiences. Come because you're curious, stay to be empowered. Thank you for joining us for season three, Different Paths When User Experience, episode eight. A conversation with multilingual conversational designer, Alana Libertad Cortez. Welcome to part two of our episodes dedicated to conversation design. Just to remind everyone, for part one, we had a conversation with Hilary Black about the basics of conversational design, and she also shared with us a community she has created for conversational designers and her platform, Conversation Designer Jobs, where people can find employment opportunities in conversation design. If you need to refresh your memory, you can pause now, go back and listen to part one, and then we can continue with part two. For part two, we have a conversation with Alana Libertad Cortez, who will give us insight as to why there is need for multilingual conversational designers who can draw on their experiences and language knowledge to not just make conversational designs more inclusive, but to help shape and form the platforms that continue to leave out marginalized voices and experiences. Okay, so let's get started and listen to the end for an important announcement that I'm very excited to share with you. I have the uh, pleasure of presenting to you Alana Libertad Cortez. Alana is a product and conversational designer. She's also the CEO and co-founder of Netabox, a Spanish-focused conversational AI company. Her design focus ranges from IVR and IVA systems, chatbots, and software interfaces, as well as multimodal design. Welcome to the show, Alana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. To get started, I would like for you to talk to us about how is it that you found yourself in conversational design? If you could walk us through your journey, that would be awesome. Well, I had uh, started as a UX designer. Um, and, and prior to that, I actually have a long history of making um, multimodal performance. Um, I went to CalArts, got my MFA in writing for performance, so it's any kind of scripts. So I've always had an interest in how people talk versus how they write. There's a big difference in listening to people have conversations. Uh, and while I was studying UX, one of my friends from that program at CalArts uh, realized, oh wait, are you in UX now? Hey, I'm a conversation designer. You should check this out. And uh, so I did. And I realized, oh, this is like a lot of my uh, past interests and past experiences, but in a new context. So uh, I started to get more uh, into like what exactly a conversation designer does, right? Mm -hmm. um, what are the kind of skills that I would have to get? Mm -hmm. um, what are the places that teach this um, and what kind of companies hire, right? So I right. kind of did the deep dive and, and then I got hired uh, as a full-time it was an interesting position because I was doing both visual and conversational design for this company. Okay. So um, I started doing that, and that was my and that was my first full time job. And prior to that, I had like a, worked on a contract pro project basis mm -hmm. uh, for things like software that used um, multimodal stuff, you know, visual plus the conversation. And uh, but then I just went deeper into the conversation and. And uh, now I, I've been doing it for, for a while now. It's awesome. been very interesting. My next question would be, how did Netavox come to be? Well, my parents were a strategist for the Nicaraguan Revolution. Okay. I always have to preface that because I feel like it has made me someone who, uh, I, when I see something that I think is 
unjust or it doesn't mm-hmm. work. Um, I feel like I have to do something about it. So I, I really feel that uh, Spanish, in, like Spanish is what I'm talking about right now, but other languages in general are not being represented in the AI revolution. They are, um, or they're being designed by people who are not native speakers and who, and, and in UX in particular, right, you want to always uh, be designing with the actual user, the real, like, Correct. user, yes. it's terrible UX. And so there's a lot of experiences that were being built in Spanish that were subpar, in my opinion, or that mm-hmm. really didn't take into account the uh, communities uh, right. that actually use the language. And so I thought, well... Uh, someone should fix that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that is awesome. I think that's one of the smartest thing a company can do when they're looking to get into this space. Find those workers that do have the ability to actually understand the language that they're building for. Right now, I'm helping in a project and it's not conversational design, but I have had to. I'm going to work with the Guatemalan community. Um, and so I've had a few interviews um, with some teachers And so one of my main things is we are building in Spanish, but the second layer of that is, you know, knowing um, that Spanish is not the same, right? Even like in, 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 in the States, we have different kinds of Spanishes. Um, I'm not sure if that's even the correct term. Um, And even going like into Mexico, depending on the area of Mexico that you're from, some things are going to be slightly different. And I guess this could um, be a segue into my next question. When you are building multilingual conversational experiences, what is something that you take into account or what is something that is different from your you know, I guess your your average conversational design process. Well, I think one of the biggest things is is that um, the I am a heritage Spanish speaker, but I do not function as the designer in my company. Uh, I'm the CEO, okay. uh, and there's a reason for that. It's because um, if I'm going to design, have a systems designed that are, you know, using. Mexican American Spanish, and mm-hmm. and it even depends on which area of the country we're talking about, right? Because right. it's within it that. Varies. Mm-hmm. Um, or or Mexico City, or uh, I my my designers are Mexican. You know, they mm-hmm. that is their first language. They dream in Spanish. Um, yeah. <laughs> so that was really important to me. Um, and. I think anytime that we're going to be dealing with different versions of Spanish, um, we're going to be bringing in people who's that like that is their their language, like that's their background and their community. I also think community is really important with this because um, a lot of, especially as AI conversational AI gets bigger, mm-hmm. the experiences are going to become a lot more complex, and it it really does. It's more than just language because language is so completely united with community and culture, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think it's important that whoever is designing the language has some kind of relationship to the community or the culture as well. Um, and that's one of the ways that we can avoid avoid you know some of the uh, embarrassing mistakes that a lot of AI is currently doing, right? Where it's very clear that they have not um, had people from other communities involved in the creation of that that's why so much of ai right now like says unethical things Um, what that's pointing at is that you are not including other communities in the building of this Mm -hmm. so that for me is the biggest difference between the way it's being built right now like right now it's kind of one group of people has done a lot of the work in tech Mm -hmm. you know in one part of the country and they are the ones who are kind of like has have 
defined a lot of that stuff from the top down. I don't think it's appropriate to build like that, but especially language experiences. Right. So, uh, that's the major difference between uh, my approach to, to building in Spanish than it is to English. And now for a quick break to hear a word from our sponsor. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome back, and we'll now continue our conversation with multilingual conversational designer, Alana Libertad Cortez. In your bio, we said that your design focuses ranges from IVR and IVA systems. Can you go ahead and let our hellodies know, like, what is this? I might not know and be familiar with these terms. I feel like it's like a lot of people don't know because things are <laughs> so quickly, right? Right. So old school IVR is the stuff that nobody likes when they call the bank, right? Press one, press two, press three. Right. Very frustrating. Uh, but because of AI now, um, the systems that are being designed are different. Like they learn. Um, mm -hmm. You can speak to them. You're not pressing a button. Um, I a lot of people don't even want to call them IVR anymore because people get confused and think it's that old-fashioned type, and, it, and it's not. Right. So a lot of these old systems need to be um, shifted into the new AI system and, and redesigned. So IVR, um, like conversational AI IVR, are basically how do we set up phone systems so that we can... Uh, start to narrow down what it is people are calling for. Um, I know some people get afraid that it's taking jobs and I can understand that. On the other hand, it's also taking kind of the soul crushing, repetitive uh, stuff that nobody has liked having to do, right? Right. Um, answering, like how, you'd be shocked how many people are just calling to reset their password. Right. So if you're, <laughs> if you're working at a contact center and it's like, you know, the sixth hour of answering the same question, that gets very frustrating for humans, right. but the AI doesn't care, right? Right, so. right. No, that's awesome. Thank you for um, clearly, you know, putting that, uh, the difference between these two. What advice would you give someone that's looking into getting into particularly multilingual conversational design? Well, I think be aware right now that the AI um, in other languages, uh, so we consider, we use percentages to talk about what the passing rate is, right? If, mm -hmm. if, understands how well it's understanding, right? Can it right. respond appropriately? And the passing rate on languages other than English is abysmal. It's terrible. Right. Um, and it can't, so it can't, the robot cannot speak, right? The AI right. cannot speak other language as well. Um, and so there is a huge opportunity in that, but mm -hmm. there's also, um, it's kind of like, I, I consider it the wild west, right? If so, <laughs> yeah. You're a Spanish speaker, be prepared for uh, those in tech to not understand the differences uh, mm -hmm. between how the languages are being treated by the AI. Um, to not, and uh, like the opportunities are there, but sometimes I wonder if companies are really aware of how important it is to have someone who. Um, like, will they know that they should hire a native Spanish speaker? I don't know, you know? Right, right. I feel like a lot of my job also entails a certain amount of education, right? Mm -hmm. uh, or pointing out what I think is the obvious, but is 
clearly not the obvious to a lot of people in tech. Right. Um, so I think that um, talk about the fact that you have another language. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it does make you valuable. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, I think also be aware that it's like kind of the it's the beginning of kind of this new phase. And so there will be like a bit of a learning curve for people. Um, and companies, I think that there's they're just barely starting to understand that they are going to have to approach building this a little differently. So I guess what I'm saying is like I, I was hired because I was handy mm-hmm. in terms of like translating things into Spanish. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't I but in the beginning, they did not pay me more for that. They just expected it to be interchangeable. Right. Like right. Oh, Spanish, but, but Spanish is a skill. It is a skill. You couldn't do that without me. Right. Uh, so. <laughs> Anyway, I guess what I'm saying is uh, be aware that uh, there is like a like an educational component right now with a lot of companies and how they're approaching how they hire multilingual uh, designers or or anyone else. You know, I'm not sure if they uh, appreciate yet the, the value of it, but it is really important. And it will it will put you aside because you are cheaper for them to hire if they know that they don't have to hire the translator as well. But just be aware that you point this out because okay. <laughs> I don't want to pay you for it. Right, right. No, no, you're bringing out a lot of good points. Any recommendations or any life learning experiences that you have to give to Holodis? They do possess the skill of having a, another language. Well, I think that um, I think that we I don't want to say that we have to stand up for each other, for ourselves and each other. But I think it's really true because mm-hmm. I think that um, like, for instance, Spanish is the second most natively spoken language in the world. Right. Mm-hmm. It's ridiculous that the AI cannot speak or understand Spanish well. H- how does that work with those numbers? Right. Right. Uh, and so I think it's important um, to build our own experiences in our own in our own companies, our own projects. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to be really important because um, we cannot wait for permission from groups that have not traditionally involved us in building any of this stuff. They're not going to give that. We have to take those opportunities. Um, so not everyone is going to want to start a company, but I think that it's really important to, to go into every project, uh, like as someone who is, is bilingual or multilingual, knowing what you are representing and knowing that you, you do have to speak up um, because mm-hmm. You're, you're going to be the conscience of a lot of that experience in terms of like how it's built, right? Right. Um, it, it's not just, uh, you know, it's kind of the voice of the user, right? It's, it's our job to be the voice of the user. So um, I think it's uh, also realize that other languages, having other languages is, um, it's a skill. It's, it's worth something, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Don't undervalue that. Um, but also uh, the next phase of, of conversational AI is that it's global. Um, mm-hmm. So there's a huge opportunity there um, to build in like new ways, new, new experiences include other communities and new groups, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and um and it's so new that, I mean, we might actually be able to change a lot of the structure of how things are made right now. Like what we assume is um, normal, like like the IVR is a good example, right? That used mm-hmm. to be standard and now it's like considered ancient. And, right. Uh, and and then a lot of people learn how to bypass it, right? They're like operator or start pressing the zero and yes. know, they don't want to deal with it. Yes, I'm really interested in like, there's all kinds of things to be built. And mm-hmm. I'm really interested in seeing what happens when people who have traditionally been kept out of the room start mm-hmm. to build these things. So, um, and, and like the number for Latinas in tech is 2%. Wow. 2%. 
That is just shocking. Just looking around, I can see it. I've been in companies and I'm looking around. I'm like, wow, you know, it's just a few of us women. And then when you break down to like, wow, it's just me. <laughs> like, you know, I'm the only Latina yeah. here. And so that is very interesting and it's very visual. So all those Latinos out there that are considering you know, coming into UX design and maybe having a niche in conversational design, come on over. Um, I feel like there's a lot of need for you guys. What resources would you share to help someone getting started in multilingual conversational design? You know, besides what there is right now, I'm not, I'm not sure that I, I've looked and I haven't bumped into anything in particular. Yeah, this is the, that's kind of what I meant when I said it's like the, the wild west. It's mm-hmm. really because uh, there's really not a lot of places to learn. Mm-hmm. A lot of, in the beginning, a lot of my journey was like, how do I get all the information so that I can learn how to do this, right? Because right. it wasn't out there. But mm-hmm. the number one thing I would say is that LinkedIn is your friend. Okay. Link- <laughs> LinkedIn is huge in conversational design. Like you have to be on there um, and put that there as your hashtag, right? So that you're going to get all those updates and you can start to find the community. It's very active on there. Mm -hmm. And so there's going to be workshops. Um, You'll find them once you're hooked in with that LinkedIn community. And they're all very, it's like a niche, right? So we Mm -hmm. all know other are okay like, like i asked you oh was that hillary black like, yeah yeah know each, other, <laughs> uh, know each other's names at the at the minimum um so i would i would do that um i actually have done some work for conversation design institute so i have to like let you know but but they are they do have a training program they're one of the few that actually has a training program and it's very decent it's very good it's going to show you exactly what the process of conversation design is i think they also have an ai training um, as well, like a workshop as well that's online. It does cost money, but the one thing I'd like to point out is that it is tech. So as soon as I went into tech, I probably like tripled my income. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was worth it to me to invest in some of the training in the beginning because I mean, I made that money back within the first week, right? Right, um, right. So uh, it, it, it's, it's, an easier investment than a uh, university, right? That's a lot more expensive. Right. That's also true. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, a definite, uh, like I, I went to college. I can't yeah. say that my degrees are <laughs> supporting me right now. Exactly, uh, yes. I can, I, I, I sympathize with that too. <laughs> yeah. So um, Conversation Design Institute, uh, Women and Voice is a really good one as well. They okay. do a lot of workshops and they introduce you to a lot of people. And then once you're on LinkedIn, like for instance, I, I do a workshop where I teach women of color conversational design. Um, oh, awesome. I'm, yeah, because it was so hard to find. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I figured well, once again, I guess I'll, I guess I'll do it. <laughs> I guess I have to do it. <laughs> so no, a lot of my great. journey has yeah, been that. Yeah. We're now on our fun question uh, part. So fun question for you. And this is just to give our Helodis a glimpse of your personality. Um, we would like to know what is your favorite holiday song and why? Oh, my gosh. Well, it's a little bit meandering the answer, but um, you know, the the little song, Con mi burrito sabanero, wake up. Yes. <laughs> uh, so that one is just like an earworm that has been in my brain ever since I first heard it. It never, I feel like that song never goes away. Right. I have, I have this dot, uh, Dotson and his mm-hmm. name is Ron. Uh-huh. But then it went into churron because he looks like a churro. Aww. And then for some reason, this combined with that song, right. 
So now I, I call it. him Michoacito Sabanero. Yes. So it's got to be that song. Oh, <laughs> awesome. Now, it's like, <laughs> no, that is so cute. Thank you for sharing that with us. And well, maybe this also uh, we could lead us into where can Helodis find you on social media? Do you have a YouTube channel um, that they could search for? Where Where can we find your 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 insight? You know, LinkedIn is really the place right okay. now. Um, you know, we have a. Uh, a lot of my energy right now has been towards this startup, right? So mm-hmm. um, we do, we have, we're about to start building for our first client. And we also do have, um, uh, we have social media maven now, right? So I mm-hmm. expect that our presence online is going to get bigger, but I can always be found at LinkedIn and awesome. uh, I'm active on there. So Alana, it's been a pleasure having you. And I want to thank you for sharing with us your experiences, your insights, and also giving our Helodis a starting point of where they can begin if this is something that interests them further and that they should do research on. So thank you so much for being on Hello UX Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. It was great. It was great to talk. Awesome. Thank you. It was great hearing what Alana had to say about multilingual conversational design and comparing the current space as being in the wild, wild west, being the new frontier that needs help being shaped and formed by voices and experiences that are usually left out. If you possess the skill of being bilingual, trilingual, now is the time to jump into conversational design and bring your language skills and heat to the call to help transform this space into a platform that is inclusive of many voices and experiences. This wraps up Season 3, Episode 8, a conversation with multilingual conversational designer Alana Libertad Cortez and Season 3, Different Paths when User Experience. This season, we brought you different experts from various roles that contribute to the user experience. If you all noticed, most of our guests for this season shared a common thread in that they came from different career paths, but at some point they pivoted into UX design. With a combination of having a foundation user experience and making use of previously gained job skills, they were able to move into a niche market where they are striving and loving what they do. Hopefully you saw yourself reflected in some of their stories and were encouraged to take action and make plans for what is your next career move. So as we're winding down season three, I would like to thank all of our Helodis. Thank you for listening and supporting us by liking and sharing our episodes and subscribing to our podcasts. If you haven't subscribed to our podcast, now is the time to do it. Next to being a sustainer of a podcast, subscribing to it really helps us out. So please do your part and help us out. Thanks. And now for a big announcement. I would like to announce that Hello UX is changing its platform as we're going live for season four. Live interviews through our YouTube channel and Facebook Live. But don't worry, if you still enjoy listening to our episodes, our interviews will be made available on all major streaming platforms. Before we leave, we would like to invite you to like us and follow us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. Check out our YouTube channel and don't forget to subscribe as we're going live starting season four. Lastly, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast available on all major streaming platforms. If you would like for us to cover a specific topic or you're just dying to give us feedback, Send us a message via our social media channels or send us an email to info at hellouxdesign. I'll repeat, info at hellouxdesign. And now a word from our sponsor. Overflow Digital, a digital agency specializing in all your professional website needs, meeting you at the crossroads of data, design, marcom, and UX. Before we leave, we would like to leave you with this quote. I hope that this year to come, you make mistakes, because if you are making mistakes, 
then you are making new things, trying new things, learning, living, pushing yourself, changing yourself, changing your world. You're doing things you've never done before, and more importantly, you're doing something. Neil Gaiman. This quote speaks to me personally as I'm always pushing myself into new projects, new challenges, and this is why we're going live for season four. We'll be diving into a new platform, which we'll be learning along the way, I'm sure, and there'll be hiccups, there'll be mistakes, but we're here for it all. Okay, hello, ladies. It's goodbye for now, but we'll be seeing each other soon live. Hasta la próxima.